Is this on? Cool, we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Michael's Broadcast. Oh yes, we definitely need another white man with a podcast knocking about. Everyone has podcasts these days. Rich Roll, Jonathan Van Ness, they have podcasts. The cast of Ned's Declassified have a podcast named after the show, and then they barely talk about the show. Meghan Markle had a podcast before Spotify yeeted it. And I will just say this, the name is ironic because I actually live over in the US as far as the US government is concerned. So I'm technically not abroad, but I'm not American and the show must go on because I wanted something that would rhyme with pod and I got a C in my GCSE English. So here we go, it's called the Abroadcast. I've written down some topics I want to discuss. And by discuss, I mean scream about. On the list, we've got the Zandvoort Grand Prix last week, Survivor, Donald Trump's mugshot, Scooter Braun, and if we have time, we can talk about the AL West, because it's heating up. So, Formula One was back this week after the three-week summer break. Put the ice cream back in the freezer. Stop sacking drivers. It's time to get to work. So, with three weeks off, what did the drivers get up to? Well, let's start with the newest driver on the grid, Daniel Ricciardo. He ate some food, he went to see Martin Garnix with George Russell, and then he remembered that he is literally driving a tractor now. Lewis Hamilton swam in the tears of Team LH on Twitter after not winning a race in almost two years. Pierre Gasly played some golf and then ushered in the French Revolution. And Oscar Piastri went to the MotoGP at Silverstone, then subsequently got grounded by his mum. He is now on the run and a wanted fugitive, and McLaren may be investigated for this. I'll keep an eye out on this developing story. So as I said, last week F1 headed to Zandvoort to crown Max Verstappen the winner. Because let's be honest, he's going to win the rest of the season, isn't he? Now, we can't talk about Formula 1 without talking about Helmut Marko, who once again has ensured that a driver is not going to get sleep on a race weekend. On Thursday, he essentially put Sergio Perez on a pip. Do you know what a pip is? It stands for Performance Improvement Plan. It's essentially your company saying you're shit at your job and you're going to be fired if you don't start improving. Marco's report is saying, This situation is that Sergio Perez has to perform and that means he has to improve his qualifying. Everything is clear for this year, but as for next year, we will see. But then, FP2 had an Australian domestic terrorism incident in which it saw Daniel Ricciardo leave the track with his arm in a sling and Liam Lawson having to fill in at AlphaTauri for the remainder of the weekend. After Danny fractured his wrist, Helmut Marko was back in the news saying that Sergio Perez was in fact safe for 2024. But this is also the same man that said De Vries had until the summer break to improve and then fired him one week later. So we can't really put too much weight in the words that Helmut Marko says. Speaking of De Vries, there was talk there might have had to have brought him back because of the reg- regulations state that a team can only field four drivers within a season. So with Daniel Ricciardo out with a fractured wrist and Liam Lawson filling in at AlphaTauri until he's recovered, it means that if anything happened to Max or Checo or Yuki at AlphaTauri, then Red Bull would, would most likely have brought Yuki up to replace Max or Checo and then De Vries would have to be brought back to AlphaTauri to fill in for the missing spot there. Could you imagine if he did an absolute world in the AlphaTauri and then he got the Alpha Romeo seat for 2024? So during the race, we had rain, we had Alonso overtaking multiple cars on the same turn, Alonso overtaking himself. Did anyone else catch that? 
I think two or three times I caught the commentary saying Alonso overtakes Fernando Alonso. We had more rain, a red flag, cars deciding they no longer want to turn, and Verstappen pitting six times and still winning. Alex Albon stayed out on slicks during the rain at the start of the race, and then made his soft tires last until lap 44, where some drivers already pitted three times. What does that man do to with his tires? We had Australia last year where he ran the same tires until the last lap and then pitted before crossing the line. And now this. Is anyone talking about how Max pulled something like 11 seconds off of Perez in five laps? How much does this man hold himself back when he's... 30 seconds out ahead in front. I'm convinced that Matt could put the dog shit Alpha Tauri on the podium every weekend. Piastri is impressing me even more each week. There are some things he needs to work on, but he's definitely improving and he's definitely going to be interesting to see him take it to Lando, particularly next year. That'll be interesting to watch. And you know what? Once he's got the championship secured for next season, because let's be honest, that's what's going to happen, and Red Bull have won the constructors by the by the summer break they should just throw max into the alpha tower and just see what happens what else happened in this race mercedes had a dum-dum with the strategy and they probably should be clowned as much as ferrari are for strategy fuck-ups i remember back in the mercedes domination era they were like this bastion of never fucking up strategy but did how dominant the car was kind of downplay questionable strategy and it's now kind of been highlighted now that they aren't dominating. McLaren also fucked up the strategy but they've kind of escaped criticism because Oscar and Lando had pretty good races overall and so it's kind of been downplayed because of that. Yuki and Carlos Sainz defended really well. Liam Lawson finished P13 on next to no prep time and the conditions being absolutely horrible and the fact that he's driving a peel p50 of a car you know well done liam i hope you can show what you can do over these next few weeks until danny's back and someone can pick you up and i didn't even realize that it was a photo finish between lando and hamilton because the tv director decided to just show martin garrix waving the checkered flag for some reason why do they do this are people really tuning in to see who's on flag duty that weekend the only one that I really remember is the bloke from Apple because he had the worst flag wave I think I've ever seen. And speaking of F1, I purchased the F1 game because it was on sale and I turned it on and then EA tells me to log in with my email and password, which I do, but then it doesn't accept it because you can only link one PlayStation account to your EA Play account in its lifetime. And because no one ever moves a card to PlayStation, they don't let you change the store on your PlayStation account that it's tied to. So I have a UK PlayStation account and a US one. So I had to make a brand new email to make a new EA Play account in order to play a game that I paid for. And this isn't even about F1, this is just me shitting on EA because fuck EA. Anyway, so in Formula 1, what's next? Well, this weekend we've got Monza and Ferrari have released a special livery for it and I'll be honest, if it wasn't announced as a special livery, I probably would not have realized. It's just a bit more yellow. Maybe to highlight the piss poor strategy calls of this year? I don't know. What's next? We're about a month out from Survivor's 45th season airing, but let's be honest, it's just going to be Survivor 41 round 5, isn't it? Because all of these new era seasons all just blend into each other. I only just realised that Sydney and Drea didn't play on the same season. When the teaser came out at the end of last season, people in the community lost their minds because they thought 
the auction might be returning. There were celebrations in the streets. People were hugging and crying. The auction is allegedly returning from an extended hiatus after Malcolm game bought it, and then Spencer, Tash, and Tony game bought it, then Mike game bought it, only to lose the extra vote to Dan, who then used it to get nulled by an idol and subsequently get voted out. At least throw your two votes on Sierra. Then if an idol isn't played, it's a 3-2-2 vote. But if an idol is played, you at least have a shot to survive with a re-vote. I think Dan still goes on a re-vote, but at least it shows that he tried to play. And that's why he got voted out. What was I talking about? Survivor 45. Has the cast been announced yet? We know Bruce, who nearly decapitated himself last season's back, but has the rest of the cast been announced? Oh, and there was also that dude on the teaser video that Grandpa robbed a bank because his grandma couldn't pay rent. That is Sigma Energy. Let's look up this cast. This is a quite young cast. What's that, like 10 or 11 of them under the age of 30? Now, I don't like that I would be middle-aged in this class. I am middle-aged. I'm not middle-aged. I'm almost 30, but I'll move on from that. Wasn't that Jake guy the one that talked about how he lives in his grandma's basement and if he wins he'd move out winner pick because they wouldn't leave something like that in there unless he either wins or has a deep run in the game or as a full winner brando looks a bit like Derek from big brother and sean is reminding me a bit of alec i'll be honest just from pictures this cast seems that they're going to be quite subtle in their gameplay Kind of similar to Jesse's season, and it's, go it's definitely going to piss off Probst. Probst is so horrid to have another advantage, advantage getting again, that he'll just keep throwing in bullshit advantages that never work. I can't wait for those. So what are my predictions having only seen the cast for Survivor 45? Well, I think it's already been spoiled that it's a red, blue, orange tribe color scheme. I could be wrong about that, but if it is, I'm going to make the prediction that the ye yellow-orange tribe will be the first tribe to attend Tribal Council, because that's, I think that's happened the last like three or four, three out of four seasons or something like that. The auction does come back, but the only prize is Rupert, but no one auctions for him because they're all waiting for advantages. Brando is a showmance, and then they get cast on the Amazing Race and win. Bruce makes a deep run at the game, gets put up for the final four fire making, but the concussion he got last season means he's forgotten how to make fire. Jeff gets mad that the cast is too subdued, eliminates half of them himself, enters the game while still hosting, going on an immunity run and win 7-1 beating the spirit of Boston Rob and that dude's grandpa that robbed a bank in the final three. Drew goes missing in the middle part of the game and is replaced by Carson and then the bocce ball challenge returns but the reward is one beer. Let's be honest Survivor probably isn't going to get better with this new format of the show. I'm okay with the 26 days I, that really that doesn't really annoy me that much as much as it annoys other people. The format of the show is definitely not as good as it used to be. Do I hate it? No, but it's definitely not as good as it was four to five years ago. I think David vs. Goliath was the last good season. Winners at War wasn't terrible, but it just felt... I don't know, it felt like not like a season of Survivor because of The Edge. But am I still going to watch it? Yes, because I watch it for the same reason that I watch F1 every weekend. It, even though I know Max Verstappen's going to win. Sunk cost at this point. Speaking of Survivor, Suri is on this current season of Big Brother. Now, I don't usually watch Big Brother because three episodes a week for like 14 weeks is a hell of a commitment. 
when the meta hasn't changed in almost 10 years. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for breaking the game. Create a big group to run the early game and then have a smaller subgroup within that group. Blow up a roundabout jury because you've only been around the same 12 people for a month and a half. Then your smaller group runs the house until the end of the game. I probably will actually watch this one because I really like Suri, even though it is a hell of a commitment. What's going on in the news? I'll tell you who's having a bad week. He's actually having a pretty good week. It's Donald Trump. Donald Trump had a mugshot taken and released in Georgia. Last week, Trump and like 20 others were indicted in Georgia for trying to overturn the election back in 2020. And then Trump has turned around and just made fat stacks off of fucking idiots that think he's the savior of America. And let's be honest, he probably will never actually see the inside of a jail cell. I don't want to get too political in episode one, but what's, but the difference between the UK politics and US politics is it almost comes to culture. British people are a hell of a lot more cynical and maybe in a certain point realistic. And when your government is shilling to the billionaires while food and energy prices are skyrocketing, wages have stagnated, the NHS has been kneecapped by the wealthy politicians that don't even fucking use it. And while the Tories don't really have any clear promises, but this isn't even just the Tories. It is a bet of me just going after the Tories. But Labour is also out to do this too. Keir Starmer doesn't have a clear manifesto of what he would do if and when he becomes Prime Minister. Like, he's... He wants to abolish the House of Lords, which I generally agree with, and there needs to be some reform surrounding the House of Lords. I don't trust anyone that calls themselves a Lord unless they've paid $50 for a tiny plot of land. You all got scammed if you paid for that shite. However, what Starmer is wanting to do is replace it with a second chamber that is also elected by the population, and this is just going to create roadblocks in the legislative process and deadlocks, just kind of like what we see in the House of Representatives and the Senate in the US. He wants to double down on the war on drugs because he doesn't want to, I think he doesn't want to be seen as weak on crime for the people that are really close to the centre, but lean more, more right in the centre. And the problem is, however, weed is such a low-level drug offence and going harsh on prosecuting it it's like almost a punishment that doesn't fit the crime. Studies come out year after year after year that less deaths occur while intoxicated on weed compared to alcohol. Why not legalize it, tax it, then use the tax money to help rehabilitate addiction? Or throw massive parties during lockdown? This is a very easy win for labor and they're choosing to lose it. Does anybody actually want Starmer? Like who is the base that's pro-Starmer, as opposed to being anti-Tory. I know we don't technically vote for the leader, but people vote for Labour and he is the leader, so he's been voted for in proxy. And it just, he feels like a bit of like a Joe Biden situation where very few people had Biden as their first choice. However, he was safer and a lot more centrist than Bernie was, that he's a lot more easy to get behind as a moderate or a centrist voter. And it's kind of like how Jeremy Corbyn had lost, or he'd lost time after again, and so the Labour went more centrist with who they put up as Labour leader. And then people only voted for Biden because he wasn't Trump, and then people are going to vote for Labour because they're not the Tory. But who knows? Dharmer does seem to change his promises and pledges anytime he's questioned, so he might roll all of these back when he's pressed on them because he has no integrity and stands for nothing except a hefty paycheck into his bank account every month. What was I talking about? Keir Starmer, UK, cost of living crisis, life going to shit. Donald Trump, yeah, he's made 
He's used his mugshot as a perfect way to scam low-income Americans out of their savings under the guise of saving America. America is fine, Donald. It doesn't need saving. Go get heckled by those golf guys on TikTok again. America isn't fine. It's literally catching fire in 100 degrees every single day right now. My apartment almost caught fire the other week, so that was fun. Another person who's having a bad week is Scooter Braun. Now, I'm not too familiar with the Scooter Braun stuff. I, I don't. If you don't know who, the, who he is, he's the manager of some of the world's biggest artists, people like Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. I think he also represented Kanye West at one point before he went off the deep end. Maybe he still represents Kanye. I honestly don't know. I know that Taylor Swift is releasing the Taylor's version because Scooter has the rights to all of her library and wouldn't like, sell it back to her or some shit. I don't know. I don't really keep up with Taylor Swift that much, but her releasing all the songs again because her fans are rabid and it essentially makes Scooter Braun's ownership of the original material worthless is fucking hilarious and it's a giant metal finger that I respect. Fuck them. But getting back to it, Demi Lovato and Ariana Grande both left Scooter. And then Justin Bieber left shortly after. Do they know something that hasn't been released yet? Or is it just they realized that he was fucking over the finances or some shit? Because it's definitely suspicious that they would leave on the same day and then Bieber shortly after. I mean... Justin was also rumored to be leaving like three weeks ago or something. Could it be that they're seeing Taylor re-release her old music making a literal fat stack on a tour that's made over a billion dollars and want a piece of that pie? Or is there something more sinister? Or is he just, as I said, doing shady shit with finances? We'll have to wait and see. And I think that's all the major news. Nothing, nothing else is happening in the week. Thank you and good night.